Los Angeles. You see it at night, and it shines. A beacon. People are drawn to it. People and other things. Come for all sorts of reasons. My reason? No surprise there. It started with a girl. Continuous Play Podcast and the Art of Slaying present Path to Redemption and Angel Retrospective. Leading the investigation are Brian. Can everybody just notice how much fire I'm not on? And Jay. I will never trust you again. The trust is gone. These case reviews will be spoiler-filled and hypothesis-driven as we track the winding path of the vampire with a soul on his search for atonement. You know, there's a lot of people in this city need help. You game? This is Path to Redemption, an angel retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And today we are discussing Season 1, Episodes 2, Lonely Hearts, Episode 3, In the Dark, and Episode 4, I Fall to Pieces, written by David Fury, Douglas Petrie, Joss Whedon, and David Greenwald. In these three episodes, Angel Investigations is formed, consisting of Angel, Doyle, and Cordelia, who is obsessed with generating some income while helping the helpless. We also meet LAPD detective Kate Lockley, a jaded but strong woman who becomes an ally of Angel's after they meet in a singles bar where the gang ultimately track a demon that is jumping bodies and killing people along the way. Angel gets a gift from Oz, the gem of Amara. Remember Buffy Season 4 where Spike tears up Sunnydale looking for a ring that will allow him to walk around in daylight and not be killed by pretty much anything? Well, that was sent to Angel, and Spike follows it there. Angel finally wrests the gem from Spike and another vampire, but destroys the ring, deciding to focus on his work in the shadows. Doyle's visions lead to a client who is stalked by an obsessive doctor, who has learned to detach and reattach body parts, allowing him to be in many places at once. Angel and Kate work together to track down the doctor, and Angel finally defeats him, giving Angel Investigations their first paycheck for services rendered. And that's, for the most part, a plot summary for the next three episodes. Jay, we're breaking this up a little differently than we did with the Art of Slaying podcast. We're going right. to be doing sets of three, aside from season uh, season kickoff shows. Those will do. always have a separate uh, show for just that. But the rest of them, we're going to try and divide them up into episodes of three and kind of work on a theme for each of those. For uh, this episode, we're calling it Building Teams and Trust. Mm -hmm. It's definitely what it's about. And we, At the end of the first episode, we had the makings of our office, if you will. We had Angel, we had Doyle, and we had Cordelia now, who had sort of hired herself as receptionist uh, extraordinaire or whatever <laughs> and now we're going to meet uh, more people in LA as these three go out to try to do the you know the good fight right and yeah. uh, one will become very important as we go and then there's other people you know along the way too and we get three episodes that are really kind of three standalones in a row but we also tie back into Sunnydale we have a it's not an official crossover but we sort of have our first we have our first star crossover yeah. from from Buffy because Oz comes to LA and that was a dropped line at the end of that show over on season four of Buffy and he comes and brings the gym and then Spike comes over too and this is famously right before Spike goes 
back to Sunnydale and does that whole the big bad is back and then gets electrocuted by the initiative. <laughs> so a moment. So he, he basically Spike gets his ass kicked in LA and then in Sunnydale yes. in like consecutive three weeks. So hey, um, it's, but it's what, uh, he, it's what he does <laughs> exactly. But we you know yeah that is Spike and so we there's all that and then we also get some good character moments of Angel and some of the decisions he makes here and and where he goes. So cool stuff uh, and we get. You know, three, for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of monsters of the week. We talked last time a lot about Wolfram and Hard and demons and stuff, but as the doctor proves, you know, sometimes it's not demons we're we're fighting against. Sometimes it's just people that have learned to do crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, it's an yeah. interesting one, that's for sure. But, you know, I like this. Uh, the, you know, we're not going to always get three episodes that really drive a plot. But these three right. kind of do. They help us build the season. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was kind of nice that, that our first three-part three, three part episode is actually one that fits together. <laughs> yeah. Can we say can we say now this was our hope that this would work, folks? We had no idea if it actually would. <laughs> and so and it probably it, won't at times. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I can tell you now it will, there will be times it will not work. But, <laughs> but I like the idea still because I do think, and particularly on a show like this that is world building and building itself, it's important that the first four or five episodes establish things that are going to be important even if the the through storylines are are not that you know grand like the the enemies here are not things to really hang on to so much as the way angel goes about you know dealing with them and the way the team works with him you know it Mm -hmm. remember how long it took buffy to like start trusting the you know the scooby gang I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was basically half of, half of an episode. So I like how I like hear <laughs> that it's it's a little bit more, you know, which is how it would be in adult life versus high school. I, I like the fact that they're stringing that together, that it's not automatically the super friends here. Yeah, I would agree, too. I like how they're doing it as well. I, I like how um, it's a slow build, you know. I mean, it's not – Angel obviously knows Cordelia, which helps, right? Mm-hmm. He's learned to accept Doyle. Um, and listen to him, so that's good. But I don't think that he's yet come around to the fact that he wants to open a business. I think they're still trying to sell him on that. At least Cordelia mm-hmm. is. Um, but I like her push, you know? We, we should totally have a company that does this so people can find us if they need help. And, you know, if we make a little money along the way, so be it. <laughs> yeah, because Cordy's acting career, let's just go ahead and say it. Not exactly. She's not uh, bringing you know, in the money, that's for sure. No, she's not even getting calls back, man. The last party she was at, somebody tried to kill her. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's not going down well for her. So Not the best way, yeah. No. But, um, you know, I like it, too. I like how they're, they're putting this team together. I think it's a good, uh, a good a good uh, team, a three-part team, I think is probably good for now. And uh, they all serve kind of a purpose. You know, Cordy's going to act like the secretary of the group. Um, (laughs) She's a little rough on that, Um, but she'll get (laughs) there. And Doyle's going to be the guy who finds them the work, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's, Let's talk about the characters that we meet here, the the new people. And I think we need to start with Kate Lockley, the detective. Yes. Uh, here. Uh, what a an interesting character, played by Elizabeth Rome, who's gone on to do lots of movies and Law and & Order and all kinds of stuff. But I remember the first time I saw her, like, actively rejecting the Kate character. I was just like, I, this woman is too much of a 
a, a witch. I don't like her. There's something up with her. She's evil, or she works for evil, or she's married to evil, or her dad <laughs> was evil. I kept waiting for him to break that out, you know. And I, then when she kept coming back, I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe she's okay. And I don't mind saying that the Kate character over time grew on me. But the first meeting here with her in Lonely Hearts, I'm like, Ugh, please don't bring this woman back. She's horrible. I thought. I just really didn't dig her at all. So hmm. I, I remember having that reaction. Of course, watching it this time, you know, I like her a lot more, but I remember distinctly first time watching the show going, eh, do not like, do not want. Interesting. I, I did not have that uh, same reaction. I kind of thought the character was interesting because she just seems like this total downer and life yeah. has got her beaten to holy hell. And then you find out she's a detective and it's just like, what the heck is going on with her? I was intrigued by her character and I still like the character as well um, for this, this purpose. You know, it's good for Angel to build up a contact in the human element on fighting these crimes and evil because they can help him and he can help them with certain well, that's kind of what, See, Doyle's kind of pushing him to get out amongst the world so that he'll have some contact with human people so he doesn't lose his humanity. And part of that, maybe you can also meet some people that could be useful to you. They don't find out she's a cop till much later. Oh, sure, yeah. But, they, you know, her and Angel have these, you know, metaphorical conversations about being lonely and what it's like to be lonely people. And, you know, that's the whole crux of Lonely Hearts is that this demon really is looking for the perfect connection. And, I mean, they're at a singles bar. That's what Kate's there for, and that's what Angel's there for, you know, presumably, though, as we find out, they both are there for ulterior motives. She's there trying to figure out who's picking up these girls in singles bars and killing them, because it's been going on a while, and he's there because uh, Vision showed him a club, and okay, <laughs> okay. here we go, you know? <laughs> Let's so. talk about that Vision check, because I've got a problem <laughs> here, again. Okay. We're in Los Angeles. The Vision <laughs> is an 80s bar. <laughs> an, an 80s bar there's probably 10 on two blocks <laughs> i mean an 80s bar and it just so happens yeah, that when they go to this 80s bar it looks nothing like an 80s bar <laughs> unless they're talking about yuppie 80s bar i i took it totally as that Did i mean you? it was okay. very bright light bright likes big city kind of everyone style. dressed was, in suit coats and fancy yeah, dress yeah. I, yes i was down with with okay. that the idea that it would it would be that but i also felt like this does not feel at all <laughs> it felt more like something out of new york you know yeah. this did not feel la and i and i guess that's the idea is that you've got all these things people in there pretending to be what they're not you know, and and along with our our two heroes here, and you see that that leads to you know problems for everyone. Yeah. So I don't know. I I like the metaphor of the bar, but I'm with you. These visions, I'm like, man, they got to fix this because this is I mean, that's worse reception than you get with rabbit ears going it's down the so road. Vague. I mean, this is te- I mean, it's worse than my cell reception in an elevator sometimes. Uh, it's pretty bad. But I'm it, like, I don't know what what the hell the powers to be are doing. But poor Doyle, how's he supposed to deal with that? Right. Well, <laughs> fine. yeah, I agree. But here's here's another thing too, Jay. What made them pick this bar? And decide that it was the bar they needed to be at because this takes place over a couple days' time, right? Right. And well, the first I- night they don't see or find anything. We mm-hmm. we meet the the character they're looking for, but they don't. Yet they come back to the same bar the next night, and uh, thinking they'll find it then. Uh, can I posit a theory on that? Mm-hmm. The powers that be know as well as Doyle does. Angel needs 
connections in the outside world. And for both of those reasons that we already stated, and Kate Lockley is a good one to have because she's a jaded, you know, tough woman, but she's also a straight shooter when you get on her good side. And she would be a good ally for him to have. And so they're pushing him to her in some way. I know that sounds far-fetched, but I'm just going with it as if, if there are these powers that are driving Angel behind the scenes without him you know, really knowing all of it necessarily, then I could buy that, that they would push him toward that bar with that case oh. for her because, it, one, it's... It, it, well, it gives him, again, that strong connection with somebody that can be a useful ally outside of Cordelia and Doyle. And I don't know, I, I like it for that reason. I can go with it if that's the reason that it's really there. All right, I, I guess I can buy that. But it just seems kind of odd that, that that's what they would do. And, you know, it, the awkwardness between Kate and Angel where she's really <laughs> trying to hit on him and get him to come oh, back yeah, and sleep he, with her. <laughs> and he's yeah. totally oblivious. Well, okay, let me ask you, is that what she's doing? Oh, or is she yeah. trying to be a good investigator? Because you know, no watching way. it now and knowing the reveal, I, I'm looking at this going, I don't think Kate is ever honest no, in no. this. I think she is an investigator the whole time. I don't. I think she is at that bar all the time trying to find a connection. And she thinks she's got something with a- Angel. And even if it's just to go back home and screw all night, that's what she's there for. I really wow. do think she's hitting on him, trying to get him to come back and, and give her some feeling, right? Because she seems like she has nothing, no feeling. Yeah, and that is why I'm sticking to my guns on this, that I think she's there working a case. Uh, I don't know. Because she is so hollow inside, or feels that way, that she can put it on and put it off like that. I, 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 I tell you, I think you can read it either way, um, and we're just going to disagree on it, because I, I really, watching it this time, especially, I'm like, Kate is just putting on a show the same way he is, yeah, just for, and for the same reasons, a, trying to find out who this killer is. But and she, but and for a while, no hell, she even thinks it's him. But there's no killer yet. That's the thing. Oh, no, no. They have, they have been tracking missing girls that have, there's been several of them. They dropped that in the episode. Hmm, okay. So, yeah, so that's but why it's I thought... missing girls and guys, right? Because they... Well, yeah, yeah, because as we find out, it, it, uh, the demon uh, uh, is non-discriminatory. Well, so, he can't uh, <laughs> Yeah, unless, exactly. He's got to make the right kind of lesbian so. couple, right? But, or, or, <laughs> now, or, uh, now you're going to get more hate mail on Facebook. I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. To, to me, I, I never took it that way. I always thought she seemed like... She dropped a line of how she's been in that bar... Hundreds of times, she seemed to know everybody in it. She seemed, you know, I've mm-hmm. I've had this guy serve me alcohol numerous times. You know, who, when they find out or when they finally capture it, right? Right. It, it jumps know. into the bartender ultimately, and that's that. And it they get in a fight with it, and it tears it, its skin's falling off, and it's like it's running around desperately trying to hook up with somebody at that point, and you know, which is a great scene, a couple scenes yes. there when the, basically the body's deteriorating because it kills the the host and then animates it for a while until it can right. go to the next host, and we never really learn what it's looking for in the host, other than it's, it's not lo- the right one. It, yeah, it's looking for the perfect connection. It's what I mean. It's, it's what it says. It's looking for the right connection, and uh, you know, in, in another word, it's looking for love in all the wrong places. Apparently, you know? right? <laughs> and so, I mean, that's that's what's happening there too. Seriously, but I mean, I I liked the resolve of it though. But again, because again, I don't think this show, like the next couple, are about the monster. No, are about the demon. Not. I I don't even think the last one was about Russell Winters either. As as cool as that character was and that kill was, this is about Angel, and it's about. 
him figuring out how he's going to go about his mission here in LA and who are going to be the allies. And in that case, the way he and Kate sort of resolve what their, you know, relationship is or their friendship, whatever it is at this point, I think it's pretty cool. And I love that it also ends with the joke because Cordelia gets some business cards and he's like, it's a bat. It's a normal, like nobody knows right. he's supposed to be an angel and it's a terrible <laughs> drawing. And then even she, even Kate's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, you know, and I, I thought that was a, a good way to end the thing. And, and I love too that, you know, angel trying to connect to his team is like, why don't we go out and have some fun? Or we could just leave you here in the dark and we could go home. Oh, thank God, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. well done, too. And, and yeah. you know, this episode does one thing. It introduces us mm-hmm. to Kate Lockley, and it shows yeah. us how things are going to be as far as the working relationship that Angel will have with Doyle and Cordelia. And I think it sets that up right. pretty well. He- can, can we talk about the Doyle and Cordelia for just a second? I think it's a good bridge into the next episode, too. He clearly is way into her like in a major way you could tell right yeah. and she clearly is not remotely interested in oh no yeah he's, he's in the friend her. zone for sure <laughs> oh yes and yeah yeah and he he keeps dropping hints and she keeps you know basically spoiling his fun she says oh demons are so disgusting and so that's like oh crap you know i can't tell her i'm a demon now and so yeah he's definitely trying to impress cordelia for sure there's there's definitely a a lust in his eyes (laughs) as we get into in the dark we're going to continue team building but we're also going to you know, do another, we're going to do the crossover now. It's, you know, and that's the thing that had been promised to Buffy fans was that, oh, there will be crossovers with the Angel Show. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get those in there and they don't wait long. I mean, you know, yeah. we've already set up what, what happens in the plot summary there on Buffy. You know, there's that whole episode where I think that's the one where she sleeps with Parker and then he ditches her and she's got to deal with Spike and, uh, Harmony digging up Sunnydale looking for the gem of Amara and they they introduce the magical MacGuffin that makes vampires impervious to pretty much everything and it's get, it gets sent from Sunnydale to LA because you know who better could use this than Angel right you know this would be, be a good tool and I love how this whole episode plays around of like well what could we offer Angel that would even be remotely useful to him well if you can make him completely invincible that that might prove to be you know worthwhile but then the idea is, well, not only you know should he have it, but does he even want it? Does he want the responsibility that comes with that? Mm-hmm. And all the while, he's got to fight off Spike, who clearly wants it for the absolute wrong reasons. <laughs> so, well, yes, um, yeah. And I, some of the best comedy James Marshers has ever done is in the opening scene where <laughs> Angel fights <laughs> off the bad boyfriend and then begins to talk to the woman, and he does the little monologue yes. from the uh, yes. ceiling. <laughs> that, that is Fantastic. Hilarious. I loved that <laughs> whole scene where he, oh, no, don't worry. Don't pay me. I, I don't need money. I just need to know you're okay. <laughs> yes, oh. I'm just a big fluffy puppy. Yeah. So, just and, a great uh, scene. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. This was a fun, fun way to bring Spike back in. I, I love that spike is back on you know in here because i'm a vi- i'm a big fan of the spike character at this point mm-hmm. now he's going to get ruined uh, <laughs> yeah. as we go forward with buffy season 4 but <laughs> at this point <laughs> i'm all in on spike i love that he's here on the uh, the angel episode now and uh he's he's going to be a fun character in this one i i really had a good time watching him and and uh marcus the other vampire that will be in this episode i thought wow that guy looked 
freaky. He did. It's like, it, I mean, folks, if you've seen Jackie Earl Haley do you know, a lot of his work and stuff, like that's what this dude looks like. I don't, I don't know who the actor is that played him. Never saw him in anything else, but he just has this menacing look, and he's so calm and cool. It's like the evil professor or something in you know, a torture film or something. I mean, that's what this guy does. Yeah. And basically the whole crux is Angel gets the ring, uh, Spike knows he's got it, and captures Angel to torture it out of him so he can get it only to be double crossed by Marcus in the end of it who keeps it for himself because you know who wouldn't right there's no honor among thieves yeah yeah and I agree this guy is awesome but uh, we'll yes. get into Marcus a little a little later I think um, let's talk about Spike because he's basically hunt, uh, watching Angel's moves, right? To make see where right. he's at, see if he's got the gem already. He has no idea if Oz has already been there to to drop it off or not. He just knows that it's going to Angel. He needs to confront him. So we get Oz showing up at somehow finding Angel's apartment. I, I don't know how. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't <laughs> think he gave anyone the address. I'm pretty sure you can't look it up. Well, unless <laughs> unless by chance Oz just being Mister Obvious guy says. Well, only off chance that he's in the phone book. Well, hot damn, Angel Investigations. <laughs> you know, right, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm often, pretty sure you know, not I, that quickly, but yeah. No, in in my own head, I have retconned that as <laughs> the, as um, Giles probably was keeping tabs on Angel. It and, could be, and, and and had told us this is where you'll find him. You know, I I have always sort of looked at it like that because. That would be that would be a Giles thing to do. Let me just put that out there. He would he would keep tabs on a guy like Angel, particularly that fresh off of everything that had just happened on Buffy. Right. He would he would want to know where he was. So I I took it as, you know, Giles or somebody else knew and told him. Maybe Buffy knew. Who knows? I mean, I don't think they had talked at that point though, because there's the, the hang up phone call and all that that is supposed to be part of the two shows. You watch them back to back and figure all that out. But yeah, I don't think they had even spoken. So I don't. Maybe they hadn't. But I I don't know. I just took it as that he you know, he found his way there. And as the I love the the thing too that Cordelia or especially Doyle is like, are these two usually uh, this exciting around yeah. each other? Because they're both Mister. Yeah, Oz is Oz and Angel's Angel. And that, no, it's cool though because and he brings him that thing, and I, I love how Doyle just freaks out over it. Well, like, yeah. he's like, you, you don't realize what we've got here. This is like the greatest thing ever, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was, uh, it's fun to see Oz again. You know, I, lo- I really always liked the Oz character, and to have him um, show up here and and. Be Oz. I mean, just awkward yeah. Oz and Cordy. Oh, Oz, it's so good to see you. How's the gang? You know, trying to catch up type thing. As if she couldn't yeah. have asked Angel that. But hey, whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, Or as if she cares. Let's also throw that out there. Because she shuts yeah, that off pretty true. quick. You know, she's like, yeah, I really kind of left that. I don't care. So, you know, and who blames her? Look, everything she left in Sunnydale, her, you know, her parents are, I guess, in jail for tax evasion. She doesn't have oh, anything gosh, anymore. Yeah. So, you know, Cordelia had nothing to really, you know, wax ecstatic over Sunnydale for. Plus, she helped burn down the high school. And do, so, do you like the the whole Doyle jealousy angle too? And <laughs> she's talking with Oz, and he's like trying to insert himself into the conversation oh, anytime yes. he can. Just, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that goes back to what we just talked about: is that clearly Doyle is. Has oh, other motives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then we get the angel who comes up and, and Oz, and they give the hand off of the gem. Um, you know, obviously Angel knows what it's about, and he's very conflicted about it. He, did, I don't think he really wants it. 
I don't think he does either, and I think part of it is he doesn't trust himself. If I'm oh, yeah. given this kind of unlimited power, I, am I am I going to experience full you know full happiness again, or what, what's going to happen? Am I going to abuse it? I I don't know that I want this. Yeah, and he's conflicted too because uh, they basically tell him that Buffy is the one who wanted him to have it, right? And right. so that gives him conflicting feelings of, well, why would she send this to me? Does she, you know? Brings up all those old feelings. Does she does she trust me enough with this? Do I trust myself enough with this? You know, he did just become evil angel not that long ago. What happens if that happens again while he has this gem? He's unstoppable, and I think he he's conflicted with that as well. Like you said, trying to determine whether or not he should keep this, and ultimately what he does is he goes and he hides it. Um, yeah. So he knows where it's at, and nobody else does. And so if he ever needs it. It's there for him, but it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. It's, it's something he doesn't have to deal with in the, the present moment, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later. And, it, and I think that's part of what we're supposed to read out of the episode is that, you know, you, as much as you want to, you can't put your problems off. You know, it's, at some point you've got to make decisions about, you know, important things in life. You know, you're going to have to, and Angel is going to have to do that. He's going to have to decide, am I going to you know, use this or am I going to not? And then what happens if I do use it? What happens if I don't? And then it becomes an even more complicated problem with, well, what happens if it falls in the wrong hands? Exactly. And, and, and I think that's his biggest fear is, is that he doesn't believe he's the right hands. Right. And he knows that Spike's definitely not the right hands. And at this point, Spike hasn't even made himself known to everybody, but he's mm-hmm. decided now to, to to hide it or get rid of it, uh, so to say, in a place where he doesn't believe anyone's going to find it. And right. so that's what he does. And then, of course, as he's walking around his, his his underground garage, there's Spike. And Spike shows up and we have what, you know, a lot of people, and myself included, enjoy a good old Spike and Angel throwdown for a little while. Oh, yeah. Great fight. Great fight. And uh, both of them really going for it. The stunt doubles going for it. And I say stunt doubles because they're clearly evident oh, in God, many it's shots. It's pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. I was like, wow. You know, I'm going to ding this show right now. These first episodes, uh, the one thing they hadn't figured out is how to operate the damn camera. So it's not obvious mm-hmm. when David and James are not on the screen. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for catching that, too. I wondered if, if I would be alone. Oh, no. That, it was. <laughs> It was very bad. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, bad. Yeah. So, but but beyond that though, the fights are cool, and are. I do like the fights. I'm with you there. I'm like, yes, I want the fights. I like the fights. This will be fun, and I, they vamp out together. Yeah, you know that's the thing. It's and it's a reminder to Angel because as we'll see, Spike loves to throw, you know, it in Angel's face as as much as he can. Yeah, that. Um, you are just like me. You just don't want to act like you are. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I think in, in this series, we're going to see that more often, which mm-hmm. you, you didn't see in the Buffy series. He never really vamped out much in the in the Buffy series at, when he was there, other than when he was in Jealous, right? Uh, he mm-hmm. didn't do it a whole lot. But in this one, we've had three episodes, and twice now he's vamped out. So well, it- that sets a tone. No, and, le- and let's think about, too, the last time he vamped out on purpose was so he could feed off of Buffy and get over the poison that Faith had shot him. Right. 
So yeah, I mean he's you know he's got that lingering on him, and uh, you know I mean remember all the crap Xander gave him about that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like sucking on the one you love, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, so and Spike is playing on all of this because if we learn one thing about Spike is he's good at playing people. I mean, hell, that's pretty much all he gets to do the rest of season four on Buffy is play them all off of each other, right? So. I, I liked that little bit that that's how he's trying to get into Angel's head, if you will. Because if Angel wasn't conflicted enough, now he really is conflicted. He's definitely conflicted. But I, I do like that they're going to do this. I think it's smart because we mm-hmm. do need to be reminded of what Angel is from time to time. He's not just a cool dude and he's not just a, 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 va- a vamp demon killer. He's a vampire, and until they they have to show us that from now and then, and and I I like the trend we have going so far in that they're going to show us this more often. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good move, and I think it's wise. I think when he fights with other demons really well, he should be in vamp face. You know, he's a vampire right. for God's sake. So I like the I like it a lot. Um, I, I look forward to seeing how they do it and use it in the future because I I think it's key to his character. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's totally key. And we'll come back to that in, in future episodes for sure. But the crux of this one, again, is that he gets taken uh, hostage and Marcus eventually gets a hold of that ring. And like we said, he screws Spike out of it. And Spike gets you know pissed off and starts tearing up the underground thing where they are. And I love how this guy walks out onto a beach, right? And uh, the plan becomes... And I love the plan for Angel. It's like, Oz, get me as close as you can with the van because the Oz breaks in into the van and, and breaks Angel out. Mm-hmm. And Angel pretty well runs out in the blazing sun to catch on fire to tackle this guy so they can go fight underwater and underneath the boardwalk for this ring. And I, I loved that whole sequence, though. The fact that he was willing to sacrifice that much of himself uh, shows a lot about where this character has grown. I agree. Um Definitely shows quite a bit. Uh, the torture, you know, that mm-hmm. he went through, unbelievable. Like, yeah, and that's not saying something considering how we've seen Angel torture people. Oh yeah, you know, and it, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he gets th- is it three hot pokes through him with the yeah. I don't even know what you want to call them they're not cattle prods but they're like a cattle prod without the prod on the end just a nice yeah, they're big, just hot pokers it's yeah sticks. and yeah. Uh, I love the Marcus character and his conversations and I love the fact that the the classical music <laughs> that's playing mm-hmm. drives Spike nuts and I love <laughs> that was, but that is so Spike I know and I love <laughs> the fact that Angel keeps pointing out to him you're stupid Spike if you think that this guy's gonna break me uh, and if, if he does, he's going to give you the ring. That's just dumb. Are you mental? Well, mm-hmm. I found a guy who doesn't care about that kind of thing. He just likes to torture. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. So, Yeah, so I really enjoyed the, the whole torture. I, mean, I don't want to say I enjoyed the torture scene, but it was really well done. I thought, and yeah. uh, I like that uh, you know the gang shows up to help rescue him and basically thwarts him off with some stakes. But the, here's the thing: is that uh, they bring the ring because Doyle turns into Demon Doyle and sniffs it out and finds it. Totally mm. random, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they throw it. I thought they were going to throw a fake, right? I didn't know that that was the actual ring. What What are they thinking? 
<laughs> no, I think I know exactly what they're thinking is that there's no way Angel's going to let them get out of here with this thing. And I think they just trusted him to, you know, be able to, to do the right thing at the right time, which is exactly what happens. He has a great fight with Marcus. Eventually, you know, he stakes him. And while Marcus is laughing at him, he rips that ring off of his finger. And of course, he turns into dust. And that's the end of it, you know. Which yeah. is, and then we have the great scene with Angel sort of staggering out into the sunlight punctuated by Oz talking about how pale he is, yeah. you know, which is which is wonderful. And but watching things that he hasn't seen in, you know, centuries. Right. You know, he hasn't been a part of that world and then taking a look at it and going, oh, wow. And ultimately having that really awkward conversation on the CGI roof with uh, with um, CGI roof. Doyle there. You know, oh, that's a terrible background. That's a oh, terrible yeah, blue screen yeah. background. But, uh, you know, having that conversation on the rooftop about, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to destroy this. Nobody's going to have it because it's, I, you know, people during the day have the police. They have help. It's the nighttime we have to worry about and that's where I belong. And I think that's an important decision for Angel. It's a very important decision, and it, it's an important decision on his path. We talk about the, the name of the, mm-hmm. the show being a path to redemption, and we talk about how he's looking for atonement. If he were to take the easy way out and use this ring, it, what kind of atonement or, or redemption would he get? And I think that his choice here is reflective of the fact that he wants to earn that redemption. Boy, you, you really have hit on it, Brian. I'm glad you said it that way. It, it would be the easy way out. And I love how they have presented him this character with the easy way out right from the get go. And to have him turn it down, you know, is, is major because it shows you that this show is not going to take shortcuts. Yeah. Is what they're trying to say. They're making a theme here. It's like, no, this is going to be about doing it the right way for the right reasons and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. I, I appreciated that. I thought that was a, a really well-crafted scene and uh, well-acted by our two yeah. actors here, too. It, it was it was very well done, but it was very much needed. Yes. And like we said, it, it shows that he's willing to put in the effort and the work. And that's important because he wasn't sure at first. Now we know he's committed. Yeah, he's not only game, he's in it, he's in it to win it now. That's, that's really what the difference is at the end of. We, then we get, uh, I guess, of the, these three, I would definitely call this the most outlier of the episodes here. Yes. I fall to pieces. Yeah. yeah, but it does work on the team, which is good. Yes. Um, but the, we don't get any advancement really in the, in the Kate Lockley, uh, part of things. Um, right. Uh, and, it, well, I, there's we do a little because, bit. There's, there's enough to let you know that they're cool enough that he can go to her and ask her for help and she'll feed him information and mm-hmm. they have established yeah. a relationship. That's like, true. You know, like Rockford Files or something like that. You've always got to have somebody in the cops to help you, you know, and that, and I liked that. I liked the idea of Shaft was that way. You know, he had cops that would help him and, and feed him case stuff. You know, when they couldn't do something, they would feed it to him. And I, I sort of took that as the same way here with Kate is that she was like, you know what? Okay. I'll give you a try, big boy. And as it turns out, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, you know what? That worked out pretty well. So I, I give Kate credit for trusting him enough to give that a shot. Yeah, I do too. And it's going to be important that he earns that trust. And I think that by the end of our next episode that we can go into here, that's when he really does get that trust from Kate and the eye mm-hmm. fall to pieces here. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we can move into this one here. Uh, it, Angel still isn't charging. 
yeah. <laughs> for his, even though they desperately need yeah, it for so. his for his work. But that's all going to change now in this episode, which is good. And this is a great episode that's going to help bring not only the team together and make this a business business venture mm-hmm. as well as a, a atonement thing, um, but also to help bring Kate and Angel together as working as kind of partners, I guess you could say. They help each other out in different aspects of things. She still has no clue that what he is or anything like that, other than he seems to be this rogue detective that's out to, you know, fight evil crime just like she is. And so I think it's a good thing, especially when we get into the fact that this doctor that we're dealing with in this episode, he's not he's a human. He's not a demon. Mm-hmm. He's a human who's discovered um a way to uh, attach and detach limbs uh, for longer periods of time and things like that, which is kind of gross. It makes you think you wonder, well, how can he not be a demon? But apparently he's not. Right. It's, it's all about the idea of using, you know, the power of the mind and unlocking, you know, parts of it that you could never use and that old trope and stuff. And it's, again, it, it, that only serves as periphery to drive the story of, Angel and Kate working together, the team growing and working together, and the idea that, you know, Angel is morally opposed to the idea of charging people for helping them because he just feels like, oh, that's really weird and icky. But Cordelia actually, and Doyle too, make good points about it. Like, look, we get it, yes. But the reality is we got to pay the light bill. We got to pay the rent on this place. We, we got to be able to do something. And as Cordy says, you know, I, I need something for my salary. I need a raise. She's been working there for two weeks and only wants a raise. <laughs> But they've got, I mean, but that's a logistical problem. That's the the thing we talked about on Buffy sometimes is like, is there a pay for the Slayers? I mean, obviously the Watchers get paid, we found out. But like, you know, how did did they have resources for this? And it was the Watchers Council was the answer, right? Well, I was like, well, how did, you know, is is Angel just independently wealthy? He certainly doesn't live like it. He never has. And it's like, how does, does you know, the vampire on the run operate you know a spike obviously just steals everything <laughs> it doesn't matter but you know for him but for angel how would he how would he be able to make it work you know if he was going to do this and i like that they they're going to answer some of that those logistical questions i think yeah. uh, a, a show that was not as interested in satiating the needs of the audience to be so ingrained in it wouldn't care wouldn't care how any of that ever worked out but this one, knowing that people are sitting back going, but how does he afford that? How does he do that? They're going to have to give it some kind of service. And I like that yeah, they build it in as part of a plot yeah. here. And, and again, it's a character thing. They're, they're trying to convince Angel that, yes, while we understand your point, the reality is this is what we got to do. And I think Doyle makes the best point of all is that, look, um, once they pay you for it, people are going to, they're not going to be attached to you. So you get what you want anyway. Nobody's going to fall in love with you for doing the, the solid form like this. And, you know, that's going to help us all do a better job. And ultimately, that's exactly how it goes down with uh, Melissa here. So I, yeah. I liked it. I, mm-hmm. I did too. I mean, I'm not, a, at first, I was really like, really, they're going to charge for this. It's kind of sucky, but it makes sense. I mean, how, how, where, how did he get the building he's in? I, I imagined it was just some old abandoned business office building that he took over the basement of. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really cares because it's not being used. But then now he's going to have a, a front for this business. So he's going to have to use it somehow. So I assume someone owns it. And now he's got to pay them. <laughs> so we yeah, got to exactly. find a way to pay the bills. And mm-hmm. that's what we're going to have to do here. Yeah. 
And I, I liked the idea. Now, as far as the doctor goes and the whole, you know, he's he's so in tune to his psychic abilities and whatever, he can detach himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting trope, but it's also really lame. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, eh, this is kind of uh, the stalkerific boyfriends. I'm like, is this going to be every week that we do this? Because I, I felt like we had already done that mm-hmm. once with the, uh, you know, connection show there, the the Lonely Hearts bit. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to keep going down this road every Every time that you know this is going to be the thing, even though I realize that's a theme on the show, how many times do we have to explore that? That's what I'm what I wonder. Well, I'm going to guess a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably because trying. you know that's what it, love that makes you do stupid things. I guess you can say. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Brian. Come on, we've done enough of these shows. We know how it's said. It's love makes you do the whack. <laughs> so it, it's uh, this. I agree. It's kind of weird. I thought the eye thing was okay. Um, but mm. once the hands came off and things like that, that was kind of a little too much for me. Yeah, that got to be a little weird, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the the fact that he just, when his hands come off, they're just stumpy on the other end and nothing, like no dangling limbs or nothing. Just no dangling participles, anything. Yes, I know. It was kind of like, odd. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't it. understand how this works. Yeah, it was very, I don't know, it was very weird, like you say. But it again, it serves its purpose, which is to... Uh, you know, to to give us something for Angel to work on and to be able to connect with Kate and work with her on it too, right? Yeah, because this is a case where it's a stalker, right? This is a stalker mm-hmm. case, and we find out that the guy is not a demon. He's just a psychopath stalker who falls for the uh, the the woman too hard, too easily, and and doesn't give up. And so he does enlist uh, Kate. Kate's help in this case to help find him, help figure out what he's all about and all that stuff. And I think it's a great way that they get to work together. And it just starts building that trust factor that we talk about in the theme of this episode is the trust between Kate and, and Angel is now at a point where they are working together. And, and that's a good thing for both of them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's they learn they can trust each other enough to be able to to be partners in this thing. And I I thought that was fabulous. I again, I think that's a good uh, starting point for our hero here, if you will. Yeah. And, and Kate's a good character to give it with. Even though I told you, I said last time I wasn't a big fan of Kate, you know, necessarily. But honestly, she she grows on you, and I, it's hard not to like her. No, and I and I'm opposite of you. I, I've always liked the Kate character. And I, I find it a fascinating character because she's such a a loner downer person mm-hmm. a lot of times, but yet can kick some ass. Exactly. Yeah, she's pretty tough, and that's that's something neat to see. But uh, of the three, by far, though, I feel like this one is the the weakest one because I don't think the especially coming off of the roller coaster that the last one was. Yeah. I, there's just not it's not a lot of there there. You know, it's a very weak episode. I agree, um, but. I liked what we got here with the, the the teamwork between Angel and Kate. I like that we finally get paying customers. We're going to actually go through yep. with that. So now we can get over the fact that really they're going to charge. Yes, they are. We've got mm-hmm. it now. The customer pays. They're happy with what they got for services. Great. Now let's uh, start going at it. A full-time business here. How How's this going to go? Well, I guess we have to wait and find out in the next few episodes how that goes on but for this one we've got our team in place we've got our business up and running we're making money and we've got allies outside of the team that help us solve these problems well absolutely and i think you've you've hit uh, hit the nail on the head with what does any of this accomplish it's all about 
defining that purpose more fully, making some allies, and also making some important choices for where Angel's going to go and how he's going to operate. And that's that was the the purpose of these three episodes, for sure, as we're continuing to build. So, well, Brian, we're at the part of the podcast where it's time to give our episode ratings, and we do those on a scale of one to four stakes. So, mm-hmm. what are your ratings for episodes two, three, and four here of season one of Angel? Well, I, I, I'm with you on the fact that episode uh, four is by far the weakest one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there's some good in it that helps redeem it, and, and I think that's a key piece. Um I do want to say that um, I did like the the Gem of Amara episode, which was the In the Dark. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Having Spike back, I think, helped a lot in that episode. It made it a fun episode to watch. And I, I really liked um, the first episode as well. I thought they did a good job with The Lonely Heart and introducing us to Kate Lockley. I thought it was an interesting... Um, an interesting demon to put in there because it almost seemed like the demon was secondary in this episode to the fact that we're trying to build this relationship between kate and angel right did you get the de- the de- the demon is parallel to yeah. the relationship issues kate and angel have yeah yeah and i like that i thought it was uh, well done so for me as overall if we're rating the three episodes together as a package i would give this probably a a good solid two two and a half um so a high two can't, can't do can't do half oh, I know. Rate so, them so we're going rate, rate to them individually rate them individually that's that's fine oh, okay. the fact that we're reviewing them together just rate them individually. okay yeah so okay yeah. okay much easier yeah D- done all right so yeah. for episode for the first episode um episode two lonely heart i'm gonna give that a three i think that's a, a solid episode for episode two in the dark i'm gonna give that one another three i thought that was a very well done episode very fun and for the the final episode episode four i fall to pieces i'm gonna drop that one down to a two it well, just wasn't as compelling but there's some good parts in there that make me like uh, yeah, you know, I think of these, the middle one is my favorite, but Lonely Hearts is not a bad episode by any means. I, you know, I really consider that a a, a decent three. I, th- I think it's a three. I think In the Dark is a, a strong three. It's a great episode, really all the way around. It's not perfect, but it's really, really good and, and very fun, too. Just a fun watch. And the last one is, is a two. It's a pretty meddling two, but there's important things that happen in there in terms of Angel and its relationship building and that kind of stuff that I'm I'm willing to go with and give it a chance. I'm not I'm not turning on the show by any means, but I don't think that that's a particularly strong episode. And you know if it, if it lumped them together, it would definitely bring the overall score down. But I'm with you. I go two threes and a two there in my ratings as well. And uh, we move along and get ready for our next block of episodes. Yes path to redemption folks thanks so much for joining us on this episode you can find all the episodes of this uh, podcast as well as our buffy the vampire slayer retrospective at theartofslaying.com you'll also find link to our main podcast page continuous play podcast.com where we have links to all of our different podcast ventures film strip the movie review podcast the fabish factor film and television discussion podcast brian's wrestling review podcast uh, squared circle flashbacks 
And you'll also find links to our social media there. Drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. You know, leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. We appreciate interacting with you. You know, a lot of you have been with us since the Buffy show, but if you're new with us, hey, we got a lot of content for you, and we really enjoy hearing from you guys. And uh, you know, you know, you don't have to necessarily agree with us either. I and mean, we're fine with your interpretation too. Enjoy uh, and tell us what you like about different shows, and uh, maybe things that we uh, we didn't uh, point out that you think are important. Throw it out there for us. We're glad to banter that around with you uh, as well. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Path to Redemption. Thank you for listening to Path to Redemption and Angel Retrospective. You can find more episodes at our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. Angel is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 